Hey everyone, I am Alicia Henley, aka The Smooth Factor, and welcome to my Crash Pad. This is a podcast for technologists, creatives, and my techie tribe. On it, we'll be going behind the scenes and looking at some of the latest technologies that drive incredible experiences. I'm here to share the stories of amazing places and people. So without further ado, let's hop into this week's episode. Right, what is happening, everybody? I am excited for this episode because it is very special. One, because my friends over at SEGD has set this up. The auction went well at the event last year, and now it's come full circle to where we actually get to talk about experience design, but in a very different way from previous episodes. But I believe it's just as important. So I am very excited to welcome Justin Wells, CEO of Interlace. How are you, Justin? Hey, Alicia. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And Mallory, I'm excited to have you here as well. How are you? Great. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I I think you and I were talking a little bit earlier. It's It feels like we've already been in 2022 for about a year, but we've only been here for what, like less than 10 or about 10 days now. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling right there with you. Yeah, absolutely. This year is just honestly all over the place, but we're getting through it. And I am so happy to have you both here with me. And for everybody who's listening, I said Mallory, but it's Mallory Randall. So if you go looking for her on LinkedIn, like I always point everybody, be sure to look up Mallory Randall. So now that we've made these brief introductions um, and I've shared my excitement, let's just start with you know, the mission of the company and what exactly you all do. So Justin, just kick us off to give us a little brief uh, introduction. Yeah, Mallory actually just went through an effort to help redesign the mission of the company and and redefine. So I'll turn it over to her to cover that. All right, Mallory, you're up first. Yeah, so Interlace, like we provide people-focused IT services to modern and creative businesses. So just a quick background on on our company. We were founded back in 2009 by former Apple employees, and they had discovered a niche opportunity to help provide IT support to businesses that used primarily Apple products, you know, really didn't exist at the time. And so we were acquired back in 2018, and through that acquisition, we were able to sort of expand expand our support team and grow into different verticals. It also allowed us to sort of scale our services to be able to support businesses that, you know, regardless if they had PCs or if they had Apple products. So our mission today is to form strategic people-focused relationships with mission-driven businesses to help them amplify their impact through meaningful technology, trusted advice, and future-forward innovation. And we do this because we want all businesses to have enterprise-quality IT programs or have access to enter- and enterprise uh, quality IT programs so that ultimately that they can achieve their their missions and leave the world in a, in a better place. Yes, I agree. Operation is so important and I really didn't realize it into like maybe my previous like two to three roles. Having that foundation and not just being, you know, throwing in random technologies that we think will work, right? And saying, oh, we'll use this, you know, software for this amount of time. And then the company grows and we realize that the software and everything that we built the foundation on no longer works, right? So especially in today's age, as we move into hybrid solutions, I can only imagine how important the services you offer and how valuable it is to businesses across so many different verticals and different devices and applications, like you said, from Apple and PC. Yeah, that like hints at like, why is this so relevant and 
during 2020, when everybody instantly made the switch to, to work from home, the industry was just buzzing with all of this talk about, hey, it's time to cash in. We're going to do all these projects. We're going to deploy all these solutions. What we found at Interlace, our clients transitioned pretty seamlessly in the first stage of 2020 when everybody went from home because we'd kind of helped them create that foundation to scale, to have all these kind of like modern technologies that really don't just like stack up, stack up and then fall over but really set a foundation so they can, they can grow. So when everybody shifted from home into this new like remote focused or hybrid kind of world, our clients were able to pick up pretty well and move to work from home because they'd already been given that as a, as like a tool from their employer, right? Like they'd already had a remote focused service. Um, what we found a few things like kind of in the later stage that, that companies are really, really challenged by one is what do you, how do you onboard an employee when they're onboarding to home? How do you get them a computer? How do you get their, their email set up? How do you get all their peripherals? We were on a call with a client and they just had stacks of computers in their apartment. Like they had like $300,000 worth of computers stacked up in their tiny little San Francisco apartment. And so we said, okay, that's a problem. You can't be housing those. And they were running down to the UPS store a couple times a day to ship computers to new hires. And so we quickly tried to figure out how we do that for them as their IT department, as if we were the IT department in the building. And so that's like one big kind of longer tail thing out of this. The initial shock of, oh, we need to be able to have a VPN so you can connect securely to the data while you're working on your home network or hey, how do we get service? There's all these other things that come along with running an IT program that most companies just kind of are ignoring or, or the, the people are dealing with the pain. I mean, so that's, that's an example of like how we try to step in and help humanize, humanize IT. Yeah. And I mean, as I've grown in my career and the positions, people, you know, they reach out to me like, you know, LinkedIn, you start a new position. Everybody's like, yay, congratulations. But then there are some people like, oh, that's an awesome role as your team, you know, hiring, you know, things like that. And then the questions come of, oh, how was onboarding? What does that process look like, right? We're starting to think about this more and more because we've been in situations where it's a constant hassle. Like we want to join a company and have a seamless transition. We don't necessarily want to step into muddy waters because then that kind of gives a hint of, all right, maybe this isn't what I thought it is. And it could be, but you're stuck in the muddy water. So you don't even get a chance to really find out. You're kind of like blindsided by this initial kind of back end mess that you didn't plan on dealing with you just were excited to join a join a team right yeah it's a, it's a big part of like when we onboard people to our clients we understand how important that first day experience is so when somebody joins team interlace we put a lot of premium on making sure they have a computer they have the right equipment they know where everything is well and when you're onboarding from home and you need to get them that, that computer we take that as seriously for our clients as we do for ourselves or, or you know more more seriously yeah and it's super important super important as a i don't know it's not necessarily an end user but i guess as an employee or people who are joining companies, right? It affects the brand pretty much as far as companies. It says a lot about your organization for that that first impression. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like sometimes we operate as an extension of our client's brand sometimes. And that's so personal for me, especially being in marketing and, and being so involved in branding to trust somebody enough to allow them to be extension of your brand is a very personal thing. And so that's kind of goes back to something that's really important to us is that we don't want to just form a business relationship with our clients. We want it to be a more personalized approach so that we kind of help them. We understand how valuable like this opportunity that 
we've been given to be that extension. Right. And now the people understand why you all are here on this show, right? Because we're not necessarily talking about some projection mapping experience and, you know, sensors or everything. But this is by far the most experience that people need to pay attention to, especially as we continue to grow through COVID and this hybrid situation. So in my opinion, this is the most important experience along with some of the most important brands and how we navigate these experiences. And that's what you all are doing at Interlace. Oh, thanks. Thank you for recognizing that. We put a lot of effort into making IT feel more human. Yes. And it can be so cold. What I think really separates us from a lot of other IT companies and even like internal IT departments sometimes is how much of a premium we put on like those those human connections. Thinking like not just about the short-term break fix, but really how does this fit strategically inside the organization? And if we do all that, we, you know, we get recognized as a premium IT service provider. And so that's really where we tend to separate is really trying to feel like you're not just reaching out to a call center. You're not just throwing a ticket into a email inbox. We're integrating so that you feel heard, that you feel supported um, and you know you're taken care of. That's really what we feel sets us apart. And this is like what I've been saying for years when I realized as an end user, all the gear I was using was being driven on a network. I was like, okay, I need to start learning about IT or I'm going to be out of a job here, right? And then as the industry of, of AV started transitioning where all of our gear was living on a on an IT built network, it was like, okay, AV people, we're creating the experience and IT is just, you know, ones and zeros. And I'm like, listen, if you leave IT out of the experience, then we're leaving a part of the heartbeat out of the experience we're trying to create down to, you know, an event space or a business when it comes to operations. So I know on our first initial call meeting, we were kind of skeptical of like, how are we going to have an episode? But very quickly, we started speaking each other's language. So I'm so excited and I'm excited to share y'all's story. So now that everybody knows more about your mission, your approach, when you work with your clients and focus on IT being more humanized, what's, what is your unique approach, especially when it comes to service design? Design and incorporating into your overall approach, working with your clients and having that people focus? Yeah. The, the first thing we do is try to understand the organization. How does everybody work together? How does everybody fit together? And really more so, what is their mission? What are they trying to accomplish? And then we work back against that of, okay, what are the priorities they have for this year? What are the priorities they have for next year? And we put together what we call the IT roadmap. Rather than just what a lot of IT companies do, is so we have these solutions. We're going to push these solutions regardless of what you're trying to accomplish. So we, we work back from, if we are going to be a good IT partner, we need to be integrated into their mission and we need to be supporting their mission. And so we work work back from that and say, okay, you're trying to launch a new market. Like what, how does this foundation of the IT program need to adopt for that? So that's, that's the one kind of first, the first thing when we're trying to craft a service experience for our clients. Discovery on, yeah, not just what the technology is in place today, but really what are they trying to solve with it? So then the second, second part of all that is how do we structure a support experience that feels like we're an extension of their team, like a trusted, trusted part of their team. Without the trust, they're not going to reach out. And so we do things like, if the client's using Slack, we'll create a Slack channel that just feels like I'm chatting with a teammate on a project or something. It's, hey, Millie's team, I've got this issue. What's a lot better about that is we make it more information just from a casual conversation than we would um, if they just put in a ticket and said, hey, my email's not working. Okay, well, that's great. And, you know, nothing is kills like a positive experience more so than like 20 or 30 emails on an email thread, right? Which so, could have uh, been you know, a Slack conversation. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so then we'll try to feel out how do they want to connect? Do they want to connect on a video meet? Do they want to get on a phone call? Um, and so we try to meet the clients where they are there. And that also kind of maps to how each organization has a different level of understanding of the technology, each person in the organization. Like some people might just need help with keyboard shortcuts. Some people might need help like with something pretty pretty um, you know, detailed on technology. So we try to meet them where they are there. And then the last part of all this is we try to figure out a toolkit of security tools, of collaboration tools, all the IT management tools to help empower the organization and the people within the organization to work really efficiently. So we don't want to do anything that's going to slow them down. For instance, like a design shop that's pulling down all these this large data, they might not want to work through a VPN because it's going to take too much time. So we'll try to figure out another solution there. If the antivirus is slowing down their computer, A, it's going to limit productivity, but then eventually people just turn it off. So we try to balance all of that to make sure that we can do the things we need to do for security, for compliance, but do it in a way where the users don't get slowed down in their day-to-day job. And, and they don't even, you know, don't even feel kind of the, the overarching like security framework over top. Because otherwise it's, it's, it's not going to be, they're, they're not going to be able to manage their, their work. Right. So you guys really focus on like fusing into their existing environments and making that better. And Mallory, from your point of view, everything that Justin just ran down, how does that help you better partner with your clients and make that relationship even stronger? Yeah, I mean, I think it allows us to be more authentic. It allows us to be more transparent in what we do. So, you know, when you're a partner, you know, things are going to happen. Like not every day is going to be perfect. And when those times where things aren't going great, you can come to the table and have a good conversation and turn something that could be potentially not a great situation into something that's really constructive for both of you to grow. And I, you know, which I think is something that's so different than how other IT companies tend to operate. You know, we come from an environment of what's called, you know, break fix. So IT companies that basically only thrive when you have problems. And so in this aspect, you know, it's, we're so moving beyond, it's more of a proactive versus a reactive approach. Oh my goodness. You just said my favorite line. Like, I don't understand why sometimes this concept is so hard to understand, but if we were actually more proactive, instead of just reactive, we would have better relationships, stronger partnerships, and ultimately more business because we are all working together to accomplish more before the trouble actually happens. See, this is exactly what I'm saying. We we definitely talk each other's language. And speaking to the both of you right now, I don't feel like I'm even talking to an IT company. I am talking to people who understand experience and understand humans and understand solving problems regardless of if they've happened yet. That mission is, it resonates with me so much. So so it's just getting me all excited. I'm just like geeking out on that within itself. <laughs> But ultimately, you guys have a variety of clients. And we've talked a lot about, you know, how you are specifically adding value. But as hybrid becomes something, it's not going away, right? Whether, you know, COVID is here to stay. I think as we, you know, we're two years into this thing and we are trying to fight these challenges of, oh, yay, we're back in the office. And then the holidays comes, everybody travels and there's a spike. And then it's like, none of us are in the office, right? And then we get to the middle of the year and it's like, okay, we're going to do two days and this employee is going to do three days and then you got the other employee that's like, no thanks, I'm going to stay home full time, right? We're going to constantly be actively managing this. So what challenges have you all been dealing with and seeing amongst your clients, you know, this variety of clients that you have to better navigate building hybrid solutions? Yeah, I'll give you two kind of challenges for the clients and one challenge for us that we're really cognizant of. So the challenges for the clients are A, how do we make the 
on an offboarding experience the same as if, as if they were in the office. And we touched on that a little bit already, but think about like that first day experience and making sure that you get everything you need, you get all your equipment, you know, you have all your licenses, you have all the permissions you need to work effectively, you know where all the data is located, you know, you have all that, you get all your questions answered on day one. So from there on out, you don't have to worry about I know quite a few companies who, who need you guys with just with that part, right? Uh, yeah. Just with that part alone, right? Yeah. And so we want to, you know, make sure that we can give the same kind of support experience if we have somebody in their office doing their onboarding or if they're onboarding remotely. And that takes a lot of proactive work. Weeks, you know, as soon as they know they're hiring that person, we get the process started so that on day one, that, that, that all that stuff's set up. So that's one in this new like hybrid model. And then the second is to make sure that they have all the same level of productivity, all the same level level of access. And on top of that, the same level of security, if they're connecting from home or if they're connecting from a coffee shop or if they're connecting work. And one of the things that our team really enjoys, like not just, you know, two or three days in the office, but like go spend the, the morning in the office, knock out a couple of meetings and go home and focus on projects or something. And so, you know, having the flexibility there, but having the flexibility and not have not slowing down, like not skipping a beat. And so um, that's something that we're really cognizant of is making sure they have that experience. And then for us as a trusted advisor, as a trusted member of their team, the challenge we have is how do you continue to build trust and relationships when you never see people in person? And so it used to be the model in IT used to be you would show up at the office every day. You know, you would have somebody in, in the interlaced polo shirt, go to the office, shake hands, hey, anything going on at the computer, drop by cubicles. And that was a great way to build relationships. People just will bring you their issues and you can proactively solve more issues if they are unveiled rather than, you know, maybe somebody has an issue and never sees the polo shirt, never brings it up. You know, how do we continue to build trust in relationships? And so part of that is by continuing to integrate into the business further the way they do it. Part of that is to focus on, hey, you're on a call with somebody, ask them how their day is going, ask them what kind of music they like, like basic human things that just don't get prioritized because you're you're trying to sell a ticket and move on to the next one. But you actually can work more efficiently if you have a good human connection. And so those are those are part of the ways that um, that that we're trying to solve for that greater amount of trust and confidence. Because if the organization trusts you, they'll let you solve more problems. And so, and ultimately, that contributes to their mission. So the right thing the right thing to do is actually to slow down and uh, and just talk to people. <laughs> right. And I don't know if it's been the last two years, but the value of how are you doing today, <laughs> like has gone up so much more. Like if you just start a conversation with that, ultimately it's like, oh, this person actually cares. And this leads to our initial conversation that we, you know, our first touch point when we were speaking a lot about leading with empathy. Mallory, can you allude to some of that and how you all basically fuse that into your foundation and your culture at Interlace? Yeah, we are... So I, I've only been working with Interlace for just a little under a year now. And I don't know. Way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like it's been so much longer. But, you know, from the interview process and from the jumpstart, Interlace does such a great job of making sure that they have the right people in the right roles, which I think kind of goes, kind of starts that process. And so one of the biggest things that we look for in the people that we hire is that we look for, you know, basically other empathetic leaders and other people that have those qualities that really sort of force us to go the extra mile and beyond for our clients. And so, you know, something that we even did recently was sort of kind of update our core values because we recognize that with, you know, as Justin was alluding to, like that's something that's become so important in how we do our business that we want to make sure that we have those people that 
stop to ask, like, how are you doing? Like, you know, get to know that, you know, their, you know, their clients, you know, favorite like songs or I, you know, I'm making things up, but those sometimes, you know, you get to that level with, with those people. And so I think that is something that's so important is like starting with your people and starting internally, making sure that that's something that resonates with them. And then I think kind of just as we go along, continuing to adapt with our clients' environments as things come. So it's kind of, it kind of comes as, you know, we kind of have to be agile, so to speak. Yes. And I mean, that's, that's tough to find, right? Like the AV kind of IT person has, you know, traditionally been like in these clubs with each other, right? We're all like kind of like these hermit crab, people call us nerds and geeks. Like that's what people think of when they think of AV or IT, right? But we have to find a way to develop our social skills because seeing that the way of the world is so up and down right now, we're open, we're locked down. We have to find ways to better communicate. And I think that trickles down to the engineer, to the IT people, to the AV people who actually have to be on support calls because ultimately you never know what somebody's dealing with on the other side of the phone and we're not just talking about their tech problems right <laughs> so that's tough to manage and navigate not only within one specific tech person but as a company it seems like you all have been very successful at finding the right people to really change the culture of what people envision or interact with when it comes to tech support yeah i think something else that's really has struck me is that people want to do business with other people and not do business with business and I think that that's something that if you don't acknowledge that early on, like you you can't build a culture like that. And I think that's something that Justin, I have to give Justin and really our, our leadership team a lot of credit for because that's something, a decision that they made a long time ago, even pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's amazing within itself. Like it's a, the biggest step in the right direction, even before pandemic or, you know, all these horrible things started happening in the world, right? The fact that you guys had that embedded in your footprint from the start speaks volumes about the company within itself outside of what you can do beyond the additional tech services and things like that, that you do provide and help businesses ultimately grow and create strong foundations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome to hear. Oh yeah. So everybody that's listening, I know that you need help. I know that you need your operations set up. I know you need help with, with your onboarding. So we will be sure to drop their links to their websites and LinkedIn's and all that great stuff so you can further connect. But before we go, we have to have some fun. We've got to do a lightning round. This is Justin's favorite part. You guys can't see. Uh, you can't see. <laughs> yeah. I've been, chugging, I've been chugging coffee to get ready. For You've been chugging time. coffee and I've been downing cough drops. So very, <laughs> you see the, le the levels that we're at right now. All right. So we're going to get through this in 20 seconds. We're going to ping pong this thing. Are you guys ready? Shoot. All right. Mallory, first up, favorite phone app. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I'm a, I love Zillow. I'm on Zillow all the time. Yes. That's a great one. Justin, favorite phone app. Oh, uh, not with Work-related HubSpot, non-work-related non Subway Surfers, the game, the guilty guilty pleasure. Oh, he's a gamer. <laughs> All right, Mallory, favorite gadget that amps productivity. Oh, wow. That is a great, great question. Um, favorite gadget? I, um, I have a diffuser right now in my room that has um, like lavender scents and I'm a very, like it's a very calming and when I feel calm, I can be more productive. So I don't know if that's, if you're considering that a gadget, but I'm going to say a, my diffuser that kind of helps get me centered. That's a gadget. Justin. Um, I've got the Jabra Elite 85 headphones. Oh. They're over ear headphones. They connect really well with the iPhone and with the MacBook. Um, and it, it switches automatically between them. And so those are 
they're great for Perfect. work, but they're also kind of stylish, so you can't tell. Um, and I've got a big, and I've got a big head, and nice. I don't, I don't have any pain from wearing headphones all day. <laughs> nice, that's even better. Less pain. All right, favorite one, favorite team activity, Mallory. Ooh, so is this favorite like our interlace team activity or? Yes, oh. I know you guys have activities. Oh wow, you guys have a great culture. we do have a great culture. Favorite team activity. Wow, I. This is a, that's such a great question, man, Justin, I feel like we need to remember some of these things like for interview stuff, honestly, just because we are remote for like remote workforce right now, anytime we can get together and just, you know, have one-on-one -on -one when it's outside of work, you know, just one-on-one -on -one conversations, getting to see how everybody's doing. That's honestly my favorite activity is just getting to see everybody in person again. Nice. Justin? We had our annual holiday party, which we call winter laced, the pun, pun on interlaced. Ooh. Um, an obvious pun, yeah. but, uh, we, uh, we flew everybody in, um, and we rented out the San Diego zoo and had like a cocktail hour and a nighttime tour and just like had a, a big dinner. And, um, it was like, honestly this year after the pandemic and we had a window where we could do it safely and everybody got tested and things like that. But that's honestly, that day was probably the highlight of my professional career. And ding, 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 ding. That is the way to top that off. Seriously, I want to go to the team activity next time, Justin. I got to nice. get an invite. Nice. <laughs> we well, guest of honor. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining me on this podcast. Like I said, I've been so excited to talk about what you all do. So thank you, thank you, thank you for making the first recording of 2022. So amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us, Alicia. It's been great. Absolutely. And before I let you go, where can the people find you? I'm going to drop it in the show notes, but let's just uh, let people know where they can find you, whether that's LinkedIn or the website or whatever you prefer. Yeah, totally. So I'll, I'll take this one. So um, definitely we have a website, so interlace.io. So feel free to hit us up online there. We also have LinkedIn. So we have our interlace page and then Justin and I both have our respective interlace pages. So feel free to reach out. We are happy to have any, you know, start any and all conversations with you. We're also on Facebook as interlace.io and on Instagram at interlace.io. .io. Love it. All right, people. They said where to find them. Justin, you want to add anything? I think Mallory killed it for you guys. She listed everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Our social media game has improved so much in the hey, last year. Mallory is a stone cold killer. I know she's been killing it in her role. That's awesome. So again, thank you both for joining me and I'll talk to you soon. All right, all right. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're excited to be a part of My Techie Tribe, make sure you download, subscribe, and review this podcast. And remember to stay creative and keep it techie.